Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my co-host Robert here. How you doing today, Robert? I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, getting the podcast in before work here today. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. First live episode. Uh, if there's anyone with us, hello. Hopefully some will join us if there's no one quite yet. We're super excited. Uh, the Bubblehead Podcast is is moving at a breakneck speed. Yeah. Um, so our topic today, we're doing uh, for a little bit of Debbie content, a little bit of preseason, um, meaningful or overblown hype, right? So uh, kind of the big thing's going to be today, we're going to be talking about for Debbie, uh, we're going to talk about hit rate for college, for high school production versus your hit rate as a, as a college prospect, right? So uh, what's the percentage look like for if you're an underproducer in, in high school, what's the percentage look like for you to actually be successful in high school, even if you're a high rate recruit, right? So it's kind of be our big topic today there. And then, um, yeah, looking forward to the preseason to- topics for us and uh, we'll, we'll jump into that. And um, so, uh, you know, first, first little bit here, I uh, just wanted to shout out uh, at, uh, FF Trash Pandas on Twitter. Uh, he, he was the one who kind of came up with this and, uh, you know, set it up. And so wanted to d- make sure that we uh, shouted out him for that. And I, I think this is incredibly valuable information. Um, and I, th- I'm i putting this in all my uh, drafts for future use. So um, it was something that I took away immediately from the from that. So, but first, college news. Um, so the big news was uh, recently a GE Hall suspension from, from Texas. And then also uh, Isaiah Nayor's uh, ACL tear. So two two wide receiver uh, issues in, in Texas. And, and what do you think kind of plays out there after the after those two events? Yeah, I mean, it's after a summer of hype for University of Texas, you know, are they back, right? That's what everyone's been asking. I'm worried, right? You have Nayor's gone. I mean, Nayor's a transfer, but... They were super talented. This is a player that could have pushed a Jai Hall easily for the number two spot. I think it was likely they'd be number two. Really, it'd be pushing worthy. I think he's that good. Um, it's just bad news, bad news, right? A Jai Hall. We've known there's been issues. Six schools in six years, four different high schools, two different colleges. That dude's amazingly talented, but he's got, he's a knucklehead. Like, you know, he can't keep it together. Um, Additionally, they lost their starting left guard, right? He's out for the season. And then there's the whole uh, Quinn Ewers, Hudson Carr thing. I think that's baloney. I think it's obviously going to be Quinn Ewers. Um, but it is not looking very good for, for the uh, Longhorns right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good start to the season, that's for sure. Um, you know, I still I think still have talent. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, I didn't think at the beginning of the year that they were back by any means. And uh, I don't think this has changed anything really for me uh i think it's definitely more just kind of solidified that um any other big news you want to discuss for college though yeah so there's a couple other injuries um right so uh avery davis he's a wide receiver at notre dame he just tore his acl he's done for the year um it's unfortunate this is a player that i thought could take the leap and finally give notre dame a, an outside the numbers passing option Obviously, Michael Mayer is a stud over the middle. They're going to have a good run game, got a good line. Um, 
What it does do is it gives Lorenzo Styles a chance to step up, right? Styles was a pretty good freshman last year. Um, but either way, it's going to hurt the, the Irish. This is a team that has college football playoff aspirations, and they just lost one of their better playmakers on offense, which, right, that's kind of been the missing piece is can they become explosive on offense? Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a run-heavy team again, and they're going to have to win with defense. So, uh I don't think it, it really changes their outlook, right? They didn't have – they were never a explosive team. They, they were trying to prove that they were an explosive team uh, or becoming an explosive team, and I think this injury definitely hurts that. So um, anything else for, for college news? Uh, just one more. This is your buddy. JoJo Earl has the uh, Jones fracture, looking to miss at least probably the first month of the season. Um, what does this do for you about JoJo Earl? I know – Highly rated crew kind of had some moments, not many, but had some moments as a freshman last year. And uh, we know the transfers came in. Are See, you? I just think it gives Jacory Brooks more of an opportunity. Um, I I think that he's the probably the primary benefactor there, um, because a lot of those those targets that Joe Earl could have challenged for are going to probably go towards uh, Jacory Brooks and the rest of the transfers. And um, so I think Jacory Brooks is probably going to be. I think he I think he has a solid uh, uh, sophomore or redshirt freshman season. I don't know what's like tech classified as, um, but uh, his second year in college, you know, it's uh, um, let's we'll see what happens. But I, I think this is this is going to be a breakout season for him. All right. Well, before you go into this really cool high school production data, I gotta just say, folks, you might be able to tell I'm in a new location. Uh, I'm hiding away in the corner of my house because, of course, like everyone else, you know, there's work that needs to be done. When you buy it, don't buy an old house. That's what I do. It's a mistake. And I got power tools going on in my garage. If you can hear that in the background, I'm really sorry. Doing my best to, you know, stay on mute when I'm not going. Uh, but, yeah, you know, please forgive the 1970 vibe. It's it's, it's a look. It's uh, not a permanent <laughs> look here at the uh, Steer household. But this is what I got. Anyways, Robert, why don't you lead us off with this really good dad on high school play? Yeah, so uh, basically what this is kind of going about is uh, it's taking your high school production from your primary year, junior, uh, junior and senior years, and uh, it's it's looking at the hit rate for how many fantasy points per game you scored those two years in, in, in the in college, right? So um, there's a couple people in data, you know, they had just junior seasons because of COVID or whatever, uh, or because of injury. So, you know, um, but the big thing there, right, is is what, how many of these players are hitting at these values, right? So um, kind of first thing we're going to jump into is running backs, right? So uh, how many of these guys make it to the NFL? How many of these guys, like, uh, are hits at the college level, you know? Um, and primarily what we're looking at is the NFL transition, right? We're not necessarily looking at college production. We're looking at NFL value, right? So if you're a top three round draft pick is what I, I believe we're, we're classifying as a hit. Right. So um, I think this is kind of something that you can really use to kind of uh, basically eliminate players from your board, even if they're highly rated. One of the guys that I was actually shocked to hear actually fell into one of the bottom tiers of this was Branson Robinson um, as a running back from Georgia. Right. He's highly rated. A lot of people really like him, but in this, it actually, you know, he's actually, pretty unlikely to hit right so that's important to mention important to understand when you're drafting him because hey he's, he's a dangerous pick now 
So I'm kind of jumping into the table here. So if you're greater than 460, you have a 75% hit rate, um, 390 to 459.9 points per game. Uh, you're having a 47.62% hit rate, uh, 320 to 389.9, 39.13%, uh, 274 to 319.9, you have a 40% hit rate, and 230 to 273.9, you have a 17.65% hit rate, and less than 230, you have a 5.26% hit rate. Okay, so if you're a, a high highly rated recruit and you fall into those you know two third uh, below a two third 273 then you're pretty much off my board at that point your hit rate is significantly lower than what i'm interested in and in, and in taking a chance on um and we'll kind of jump into the wide receivers here in the next slide and the next topic but you know what do you think what do you take from this uh this this chart yeah so this is really new to me you just sent it to me i think it was yesterday I uh, didn't really get to dive into it. So you're leading the charge here. So this is fantasy football points at the high school level, right? This is uh, a, yep. that's what we're looking at here. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, like you said, you identified the uh, Mendoza line. That's that 274 or more points is that Mendoza line. You have less than 5% chance, you know, and if you're less than 230, you have about a one in 20 chance, right? So how good do you think you are? Like as a scout of high school players, um, I know I am pretty shaky at that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm just not an old widely C2C league uh, veteran yet, but my thought is, all right. I mean, are we drafting tons of freshmen in our C2C and Debbie drafts? I don't know about y'all, but I tend not to like, I'll take a shot on a few of them, but unless they're like that, really highest tier you know i'm not you know i'm not drafting early you know i'll, I'll take them later on just give a flyer if i like their situation athletic profile etc but you know this is a great data point that we can use to really try and find value in our c2c and debbie drafts yeah you know and that that's kind of what you're looking for right you know you want to be able to find that value um so you know we actually just finished our c2c draft and i was able to pick um, and th this is actually in the wide receiver group, but I was able to pick three guys who are in the top, the second row, right? So they were in the, um, uh, for the runner. So let's just them in the wide receivers. So, you know, greater than 400 points, you have a hundred percent hit rate. All of the, the players who are above 400 have hit for the wide receivers, right? That's, you know, guaranteed. 280 to 399, you have a 44.44% hit rate, 200 to 279.9 .9 points, 33.33%. .33%. And then 165 to 199, you have a 27.27% hit rate. And then less than 165, another 5.26%. So again, right, you know, you're able to find value at these positions, right? So I was able to find three low tier, low star low four-star recruits. Um, so, you know, they're still de decently highly rated recruits and uh, they all went to power five schools. One went to Arkansas, one went to, t uh, to Tennessee and one went to TCU. And I was able to pick all three of them up on our waiver wire because um, we did a waiver wire uh, right after the draft. Um, and um, I was able to pick all three of them and, you know, they're, they're, projected hit rate is 44%, right? So one of them will probably hit based off of the percentages, right? So 
um, you know, I felt like it was a good idea to take a shot and, you know, kind of stash them. So, and I think that's what you can kind of do, right? Because you can look at that high school production and say, well, man, this guy's in that top two per two tiers. Like, okay, well, let me take a shot on him. Let me, let me stash him for, for the, you know, the draft. And if I see somebody that's ever greater than 400, you know, I'm absolutely taking them. If, even if they're, a, you know, a two-star recruit, I'm going to take them. Yeah, I mean, that that's uh, – I like it. I will say, right, just beware that that highest hit rate of 100%. That's only three out of three, so it's still a small sample size. It is. But obviously, three out of three is three out of three. That's all 100%. So uh, you can feel pretty confident, especially if you like the athletic profile. You know, if they're going to – you know, a good situation that that's, you know, some really check mark, check mark, check. Right. Those are a lot of good trends. Um, yeah. I, I really haven't dove into this data. Look, Hey, you know, where are my players, all these freshmen that I'm taking, or maybe the freshmen I took last year, where do they fall in this? Am I screwed up? Am I taking, you know, these ones in the bottom two tiers? I hope not because this data certainly makes it look like that'd be a mistake. Had I done that. Um, yeah, this is, this is awesome. I mean, uh, at F of F underscore trash Panda, like good on you. This is some great data. Please, uh, don't hate us. If we're stealing your information, we're not trying to steal it. We're just sharing it, sharing it as far and wide as we can. Cause you did some great work and we want everyone to know, uh, about your work. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, that was kind of it. What I want to talk about for it. You know, I, I think this is very valuable information. I think people really can gain insight from using this data um and then also you know using your athletic profiles and kind of trying to figure out who who you're looking for at, at each position right so um you know i think this is great great information and um but are you uh, ready to move on to the nfl side or yeah let's do it all right so for the nfl the big news to start off with is deshaun watson's suspension uh so he just came down with an 11 uh, game suspension and a $5 million uh, fine. And, um, you know, what do you kind of think about that? What does that put you with Deshaun Watson's value this year? Kind of kind of where you at in Dynasty too? You're muted. Hey, right off the rip, um, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson in fantasy fo- football aspect, right? I'm not condoning. Uh, minimizing anything of his alleged actions. Um, but as a fantasy football player, uh, this is great news if you're a Deshaun Watson owner because there was a serious chance that we were going to miss all of 2022. Uh, Deshaun Watson is coming back just in time to play the Houston Texans. Imagine that, 11, not 12. Interesting. Um, but this, right, this guy could be a stud on your fantasy roster in the playoffs brings a lot of life to uh, Mario Cooper during the playoffs. Um, honestly, I, you know, I have been holding on to Deshaun Watson in a few super flex leagues um, through last year, through this, this summer. And, you know, you always get those just terrible offers. You know, let me give you a second. Let me give you like a, you know, 110 in the 22 and a uh, rookie draft. And I'm just like, no way, no way. Cause even if he missed the whole year, he's still about, but he's not missing the whole year. He's going to play. He's going to play for, you know, two months, uh, about whatever. It's a month and a half of the uh, fantasy football season. Um, so he's got serious value. You don't have to worry about, hey, what's my second quarterback anymore? Um, I mean, if you're a pro Sean Watson fantasy football owner, this is great news, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely believed it should have been a year-long suspension, but at the same time, like, right, it's not. So um, I think Deshaun Watson now is a value pick, but he's still not somebody you really want in redraft right off the bat, right? Like, it's not somebody that I'm trying to, to draft and stash and redraft. But for Dynasty, like, you know, you're talking about a guy who's going to come back and possibly win you the fantasy championship. Um, so if, you know, if you, if you have him stashed, right, like this is great news for you because, you know, you're going to be able to bring him back for the fantasy playoffs. And, and, um, if, as long as you're good enough to get in the fantasy playoffs, like this is, you know, this is great. Um, but the only thing I would say is like, kind of temper your expectations. Those first couple weeks back, I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if like the first like two or three weeks, it, like kind of, he kind of looks terrible, you know, um, cause he hasn't played in what it's been almost a uh almost full, a full two years now so you know just pump the brakes a little bit to start right but in the fantasy playoffs i think he's gonna hit a stride yeah yeah so i got a question for you robert if you're doing a startup draft starting today when are you taking deshaun Watson? how late i see i don't like taking players that are suspended for long periods of time in a startup because i feel like right eventually there is value there but there's still there's probably not enough value at any point for me to like be willing to take that that risk because you know we 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 still haven't seen what he looks like he still hasn't played for two and a half years so i am hesitant just in that um to just to answer your question i think probably like i don't know maybe like eighth round Wow. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting him, I think, in any draft starting today because I'd be shocked if he gets out of the third. I think more likely he's going to be a second-round pick in a startup draft right now. I mean, where are you ranking him in Dynasty right now? Where where are you in your QB pecking order now? I mean, he's pretty high. You know, he's still top 10. It's just my my thing is he's going to miss 11 weeks, right? So I think that I can if I can find other players that I'm interested in that are – that are like boom players. Like, um, you know, like I, I think that I can like graphic Mac Jones is going to be a better value asset in a later round than drafting Deshaun Watson and him missing 11, 11 games. Um, I don't think Mac Jones is a better fantasy quarterback than Deshaun Watson, but for me, that first 11 games, like that could lose me many, many, many games in fantasy in, in a super flex league. Right. So if like if I draft Deshaun Watson super high like that, my rest of my team's gonna be terrible. So I would rather, you know, try to trade back to somebody who's interested in Deshaun and try to get a, a first round pick or a second round pick or something next year and then address the quarterback situation in a very good quarterback class in twenty twenty three. Wow, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised. I I didn't think I was gonna be the super high one. Relatively, I think Watson is right up on the first tier of quarterbacks. You know, he's right around the Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Trey Lance. Like, I I think he's right up there. He's he's uh sorry, not the first tier. He's in the second tier. That first tier is three deep for me. Right, uh, Mahomes. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. That's the first tier. That's not in order, but those are my first tier. The next tier, you know, Burrow, Lamar, Kyler. Uh, I'll throw Watson in and I'll throw Dak in there. Um, again, not in any order. Just, you know, that's my next tier. He's, he's right there. I would be very okay taking him in the, you know, 2-4 or so, you know, in my uh, in my startup. 
Yeah, I mean, just just to be clear, my my hatred for you know Deshaun Watson in the super flex start, like startup draft doesn't necessarily mean that I'm down on Deshaun Watson as a as a pair of player. I just think you're going to sacrifice significant value drafting him and knowing he's going to miss eleven games. Um, yeah, and because I, I think you can basically just replace you're you're going to be able to re- to get a a pick and and trade that pick to get a better quarterback, you know, in the draft next year so you know I, i'd rather just have the better team to start off rather than miss 11 games i hear you i hear you um but moving on to the rest of the list here so zach wilson his injury uh i know you you had a lot to talk about for him i for me it's just okay he's missing the first week and i don't think zach wilson's gonna be the answer anymore so you know. so here's my thing there's zach wilson's value in dynasty and then there's all the weapons on New York Giants, or excuse me, the New York Jets, value and dynasty. I don't think this affects the value of any of those weapons, right? The mm-hmm. Brees Hall, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. I don't think it affects them because we already saw last year as a rookie. It was his rookie year, and I'm not hating on Zach Wilson, but his replacement QBs were as effective, if not more effective, at getting they those were, they players were points. Um, now, I expect Zach Wilson to make a jump, but really what this does this delays his training camp. It delays building, you know, that chemistry with these players. It delays his um, his maturation as an NFL QB. And then are we rushing back from injury and he's, you know, going to be playing, you know, gimpy? This is a player that now he's not Josh Fields with his legs, but he's no Mac Jones. He's no Kenny. Well, actually, Kenny Pickett is a little – he's more athletic than Jones. But anyways – Zach Wilson can run decently, right? That is a factor. He can get out of the pocket. He can make these plays with his big arm. So I'm worried that we're not going to see Zach Wilson really full health till midseason, maybe towards the end of the year. So I think it's really going to hurt his projection on the field in our fantasy lineups year two, which what happens if this team's horrible? What happens if they have a top five pick? Do the Jets just say, let's Move on. Let's grab Bryce Young. Let's grab Mayo Man uh, Levis. Let's grab Anthony Richardson. If you blo- you know what I mean. Like I'm really worried about Zach Wilson in Dynasty right now. He's this was the year that he needed to show that step, and I think this makes the likelihood of that quite a bit lower. Yeah, the Jets are terrible. There's no way you don't pick a quarterback. Uh, I mean. One, the offensive line is not very good either. Uh, but, you know, they have weapons. But to me, it's – Zach Wilson didn't show much that I'm interested in the first year, and I was kind of expecting him to fix those issues, but he really didn't. It didn't look like that, you know, in the first uh, – through training camp, it looked like from what, you know, what the reports I read. You know, my big thing is, like, okay, is he is he willing to dump it down to the running back? And – you know, how does he react to when he's under pressure? And from what it sounded like to me, it was it, there were not very good reports from it. You know, and, and so I, I like the the giant the Jets weapons. You know, I think the Jets weapons are undervalued a little bit in in dynasty, uh, just because the, of the quarterback situation. But I, I feel like they have to go quarterback this coming year. Well, I, I certainly hope you're wrong. I certainly hope that, you know, they, they give Zach Wilson year three at least. Um, 
but I wouldn't be surprised, right? People are doing that a lot quicker um, than they have been, you know, in terms of franchise, they've been moving on a lot faster. Um, that's really all I have on Zach Wilson. I'd love to chat up Kenny Pickett next, if you're ready. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I don't have right. much to say. <laughs> so it's not even, I want to talk about almost the, all the Pittsburgh Steelers in general, right? First of all, um, Gabe Davis, move over. You're no longer the dynasty wide receiver one, obviously. It's George Pickens. George Pickens, dynasty wide receiver one. You heard it here, not first, but here as well. Obviously, I am kidding. That's a joke. But I want to take this as an opportunity to be like, guys, it's 2022. We really haven't figured out that training camp, football in August, really doesn't matter. Cool your jets. Why does everyone just freak out? And, you know, whether it's good news, bad news, act like it's the most important thing that's happened. Right, Kenny Pickett? We're talking, oh, Mason Rudolph, he's going to take the second job, right? Obviously, he stinks. You know, worst ever quarterback. Well, first preseason game, he looks very sharp. He looked, you know, the like the pro-ready QB we expected out of 2022's class, which, granted, isn't saying anything at all, really. But now, you know, those same people that were saying the house is on fire is now like, oh, Kenny Pickett, he's great. Like, calm down. Just don't react so hard. Kenny Pickett played against third and fourth stringers. Like these, the dudes he played against are not going to be on an NFL roster. Like there might be two or three that make the NFL roster. Like I am, I do not care at all what you perform in the third quarter or fourth quarter of a preseason game. Do not care at all. It's basically like you playing in college. Uh, and you know, for me, like I took basically nothing from the Kenny Pickett uh, game. And uh, my thought with Kenny Pickett is. I don't think he offers you more than just a like average to like slightly below average quarterback. I, I don't, I don't think he is anything more than a game manager at best. And I, I just don't see why the the Steelers would, you know, be interested in, in sticking with that long term, uh, especially if they are, bad this year and i don't think this offense is gonna be good so you know you're you're gonna probably steal i would say the defense can steal them a few games but i mean i don't think this is a a playoff team um i mean we'll see because they have they have a pretty talented roster it's just the offensive line and the quarterback really but you know i i'm not a big believer in kenny pickett i've been i've said it multiple times yeah, well, you and I have disagreed on this, you know, kind of unanimously through the offseason. Um, I believe in Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett can be a good NFL quarterback. Will he? Who knows? I mean, I, first round picks are like 50 50 if they're going to hit or not, you know, so he's no surefire um, player by any means. But in that organization, with the weapons they routinely for decades have put around their QB. I definitely believe Kenny Pickett can be a value in Dynasty. Uh, he can be a valuable player for your rosters in Dynasty. But I'm with you. I'm not getting overly excited about a preseason game. Um, that being said, good news is better than bad news, right? Matt Crow went like, what, one for six or something, you know, in his same situation debut in the preseason. Obviously, I'd rather the Pickett news than the Crow news. But I'm with you. Let's not overreact, folks. Um, let's see what happens. Let's see. Do they like does Mitch pitch uh, Mitch Trubisky take the the starting job the entire year? That I'm not, you know, that <laughs> I would be concerned about that. Mitch Trubisky is not Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah, so let's see um, if 
I'm holding. I'm, you know, I'm not selling. I, I had uh, Kenny Pickett as a mid rookie, you know, first round rookie pick, and I'm not selling. You know, if people are trying to panic, don't. And if people are panicking, go grab them for a 2023 second, definitely. Uh, so what about Mac Jones? Uh, you know, there's kind of been mixed reviews. You know, you've seen, I've seen reports that the from the beat that New England's offense has been atrocious, and then this week it was, hey, yeah, maybe they're not so bad. So, you know, what do you what do you think? So really, I want to talk about Mac Jones and Justin Fields together because I don't know if it's an anti-Pats thing. I am a Pats fan, so maybe I'm just a boom, uh, homer here, but everyone is talking about how Mac Jones is useless in Dynasty, you know, ceiling so low. Uh, meanwhile, Justin Fields is a darling, but everyone's already giving him a pass on year two saying he's going to suck. They have no weapons. Chicago hasn't done anything to help him. So they're giving him the pass. But Mac Jones is already, you know, in the junk category. Who has better weapons, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? I think it's obvious that it's Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, Darnell Mooney's the best quarter, best wide receiver of the group, right? So by far. And and I'll say Cole Komet and Hunter Henry are equivalent. If not, you know, the advantage to Cole Komet. Yeah. Not to mention running back. Tell me David Montgomery isn't better than you know damian harris stevenson i i think yes you know that's not as close or excuse me as big as a gap as mooney is to any of the wide receivers in new england yeah, but you're right yeah, well, i mean we're At talking first, about jacoby you know, Myers versus, versus all the bad talk yeah you know like i don't believe in uh taekwon thornton I'll, I'll just say it. i don't like maybe i'm just going the helmet too hard baylor wide receiver stay away um but he's just a straight line wide receiver. Like, unless he's just going to connect on all these deep passes, like routinely, I don't see a good fantasy, you know, production from Thorne. But um, you're right. The last week or so, all of a sudden, all you hear is glowing news about New England's offense, which is so weird to me. Like, it was just trash the whole time before that. So I don't know what's going on. I think that they're going to, you know, barely miss the playoffs by, you know, have a good competitive season, but they're going to miss the playoffs to the AFC's loaded. And Fields, man, if he can win games, it's not about, you know, putting up fantasy numbers. I think he could be a fine fantasy QB on that bad football team. But if they can, if Fields can lead that team to victories, because I will say the defense is, and then, you know, just the head coach. So that to me would be great. I, I don't know. I, I, I want Mac Jones over Justin Fields in Dynasty straight up. I wouldn't say that. But right I mean, I'm telling I, you. So I, I was not a Justin Fields fan coming out of college, uh, at least to the extent that I think most people were. Um, you know, I think he I think he has to develop a lot in the passing game uh, in terms of going through his reads and stuff. And, and I think we saw that in the NFL his first couple of years or his first couple of games. Um, but, um, you know, I. I think the the Mac Jones, I think it's overblown, and Justin Fields. You know, I to be honest, I I think it's kind of kind of meaningful. I'm kind of I'm kind of indifferent on it, just because for me, Justin Fields, like he will not be great this year. Like there is no, I have no expectation for him to be to be good. Um, but I think he has the better situation of the two, though. So here's my thing with Mac Jones. Joe Burrow is the darling of Dynasty in the NFL. 
Joe Burrow had the greatest college football season of all time. The next year, Mac Jones had a better year. Why? Because Joe Burrow, yes, he, he can run a little bit, but you know, after the ACL, he didn't do much last year. Maybe he, you know, improves on that this year, but he's not a runner, right? He adds some value, but little. So why is Mac, uh, Joe Burrow a lock for a first round pick in startup drafts? Why? Because he has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon, right? You give those weapons to Mac Jones. I am convinced Mac Jones is a you know QB one. Yeah. So, but that's not going to happen this year, right? So, of to, course. So, but the so potential I, is there. So I'll say this: like, why would you buy Mac Jones right now? Do you think it's going to go up this year? Do you think his value is going up? Like, I don't think it's going up this year. I think it might go down a little bit. So, I mean, I I I think you're you're taking it like because the the preseason like naysayers are it's overblown. But the but the fact that he's going to be like not great this year is probably that's that's probably meaningful because you know he doesn't have the weapons in order to to really put himself over the top like he's still going to be a quarterback too but i mean where where do you where do you think that value goes next year you know because i don't think it's any any better so i mean if we're right about our prediction with zach wilson who is getting drafted ahead of mac jones by a round or two in startups almost unanimously uh their values will swap um right there there are players that could fall down um and Mac Jones had almost the same receiving core other than Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker, which I don't think either will do much. I believe in Devontae Parker, honestly, more than Thornton. Um, so I think Mac Jones has a very similar season to last year. And if he can, you know, put another solid year, show some improvement, I think his value definitely goes up, right? Especially because I think they have to gain another weapon next year. I just don't see a world where they're not drafting or uh, trading for or bring in free agency, someone of note. So I think his value does go up a year from now. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I think that's kind of enough on Mac Jones, though. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about about the quarterbacks? No, no. We don't need to hash everything out, you know, at once. Let's uh, keep it moving here. All right. So, running backs uh, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker, and Damian Pierce. So Damian Pierce, I want to start with him. Uh, Damian Pierce is the preseason darling right now. And I'll just start off. I think this is actually meaningful, but I think it's meaningful in that there was never going to be anybody else in Texas and in, in Houston, right? Like the, the running back core was terrible. Like, and that was what we said at the draft. Like we said, this running back core is terrible. So why would I not be interested in Damian Pierce as a one-year rental? I would absolutely sell him though, either immediately in the offseason or like right before the trade deadline. Yeah, so most most people have gained value with Damon Pierce already. I will say, post NFL draft, I did take uh, Damian Pierce. And I moved him up to my twelfth spot overall for rookies. I had him as one twelve. Right, a lot of people th- said I was crazy, but this is exactly why. Because he had the opportunity to be the James Robinson, to be the Elijah Mitchell, to be that late round running back or undrafted free agent running back in Robinson's case that takes the league by storm and becomes that 
darling you're talking about. So cash out now, maybe. I mean, I think it's a little early just because, like you said, that that running back room is terrible. So I think there's a good chance that Damian Pierce has a very solid rookie year. I mean, but I'm with you. If he has a good year and I can get out for 2023 first ever, at like right now, you know, four weeks into the year, next March, I don't care. I'm selling. I'm selling Damian Pierce because there's a pretty decent chance that they draft another running back, whether to spell Damian Pierce or to start ahead of Damian Pierce. Yeah, uh, I don't think Damian Pierce is the starter next year, or at the very least, I don't think he's going to be the you know the three down back. Um, but yeah, so I don't have anything else but Damian Pierce. Like keep him, let him you know increase his value a little bit more during the season, and then sell him before the trade deadline or immediately in the off season. Um, for Kenneth Walker, uh, so what do you think about this? You know, one he just had an injury, but so. Rashad Penny has always been looked at as the starter and I think the fantasy community, but I think people are kind of ignoring Kenneth Walker a little bit. Like, I, I don't, I don't think Rashad Penny is like such a lock for this job as people think he's probably a lock for the job, like the first four or five weeks. But what about after that? So this is my issue. The hernia. So- I wish Pete Carroll wasn't the coach of Kenneth Walker for this instance because Pete Carroll, oh, yeah, he's going to play week one. I don't believe you for a second, Pete. I'm sorry. Like, you are the most overtly, like, ridiculously optimistic person when it comes to injuries of your players that I think is ever, at least that I've ever seen. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a month. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses two, like, I, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know exactly, you know, what his recovery is going to look like. But to me, I think, you know, Walker to Penny, not even close. Who's more talented? Honestly, the reports recently before this injury were that Kenneth Walker was, you know, look like all, you know, all the things that you need in a three down running back. You know, it really was starting to come on in training camp. The news was good. And I was worried. I have a couple of penny shares that I held on to. And, uh, you know, I'm like, crap, these are turning into nothing. I was hoping I could at least sell them the first month. But as soon as, assuming Penny stays healthy, which is quite the assumption, I think Penny can be a really solid RB2, you know, at least till he comes back. The question is when. Um, what so it you does, think this is meaningful? You think that injury is meaningful? Potentially. I, I don't know. They say two to four weeks. I could easily see this before day easily. Yeah. This is a core muscle injury, right? He's a running back. Um, there's a lot of players that have had trouble coming back from hernias. Uh, I'm worried, not in dynasty because I think Kenneth Walker is a stud. And when he gets on the field, even if that isn't until 2023, which I don't think is realistic. I think we're looking at it latest mid season, but when he does, he's going to take over the back. He's just better. He's a fantastic player. This is a guy that has like the third most forced missed tackles slash broken tackles in Big Ten history. Like he's he's a stud. I mean, to be fair though, you know, uh, as the devil's devil's advocate here, you know, Rashad Penny was also a first round pick, or he was a first round pick, and kind of Walker was not. So you know, I mean, by draft pedigree, <laughs> Rashad Penny would be better. Uh, you know, I don't actually believe that, but at the same time. Um, my thing with Kenneth Walker, I do think it's, I think it's overblown, but I think I was never expecting Kenneth Walker to be the starter week one. 
Uh, I was always thinking it was going to be midseason at best. And that's just because, you know, with with uh, running backs, they have to pick up pass protection. And, um, you know, I, I don't think this team's all that great. So I was never, like, fully expecting him to kind of slot in as a pass protecting back right away. And I think that, you know, this kind of solidifies that. Yeah, I think what this does is it says there's no way Kenneth Walker is going to be Najee Harris. What we're hoping for is he's Javante Williams, where, you know, he has a slower start and he's sharing touches and he's sharing touches. And eventually towards the end of the season, he starts to take more and more. And, you know, he has a couple opportunities to really show how good he is. I think that's what we're hoping for, right? I mean, Javante Williams, he's what, RB4 or something like that, unanimously in, in Dynasty. He's he's a top – he's definitely an RB1, right? But he certainly didn't do that last year, right? What we're doing is projecting. I think that's what we're hoping for with Kenneth Walker, that this is a Cam Akers, a Miles Sanders from their rookie year situation where towards the end of the year, he really starts to gain momentum. And although he's not putting those points up, we're seeing a projectable, you know, thing on the field. That's what I think this has turned into for Walker. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much else with Walker. You know, I think the injury is something to, to talk to, to think about, but um, who did you want to talk about next? Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs? Why don't we tackle Antonio Gibson? Cause I feel, or again, bring him back to Kenny Pickett, bring him back to George. This is such a blow up of, you know, random beat reports, this and that of Twitter and the fantasy football community. Like, Oh, he's practicing with the twos. He's practicing with the punting. Oh, wait, no, he's actually practicing back with the first team. He had a fumble, you know, in the preseason. Like, people, this player has been RB12 and RB13 in his two seasons in the league on a terrible team. I'm not saying he's going to be an RB1. I'm not saying he's going to be a high-end RB2. But to act like he's just garbage and he's, you know, an RB30, RB40 now, I think it's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's completely overblown. And my thing with it is, um, you remember last year we were they were saying in the beat report, like, oh, yeah, we're going to use him like Christian McCaffrey. Yep. yep. He was he was a top so, five dynasty RB at that time. Yeah, like, so, like, why are we suddenly believing this now? Like, we did we, like, we just, they just proved that they're going to go the complete opposite direction and say that he's not, like, we're going to say, oh, he's going to be used like Christian McCaffrey and then not use him at all. But, I like, for me, like, Gibson's just a solid RB2 until this team actually gets to be a decent team, which with Carson Wentz, I don't believe they're going to be a decent team. Um, you know, so why why do I think that he's going to be like he's an RB2? He's going to stay an RB2. Like Brian Gibbs Robinson's not going to take his job, and JD McKissick's probably going to take some passing down work. But Honestly, the biggest thing for me with Gibson was whenever they brought McKissick back, that was the biggest negative. Not when they brought Robinson. I don't care about Robinson at all. Dude's going to be out of the league in like four years. So, you know, I, I'm not a believer in Robinson at all. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we are firmly an anti-Brian Robinson for fantasy football purposes in the NFL podcast. I don't have anything against the player as a person, but I have no, – I mean – I don't think we had him in our top 12 running backs. We were probably like late teens or something in our rankings. Even with the draft capital, I just don't believe in Brian Robinson. I think Antonio Gibson's proven he's a much better player. Um, And additionally, I totally second your point about Jake, uh, about McKissick. 
he was the, the nail into my Gibson, you know, dynasty value because that's been the issue, right? He's been a volume based first and second down running back for the most part in his first two seasons. If he could, which right wide receiver out of college, of course he can't catch the ball, right? We've been saying this for a long time. Like what the hell are they doing? He's, I think a lot better than, um, than McKissick. Um, I do want to talk about the fumbling piece. Some people talk about his fumbling very hard. I looked at the top 25 uh, rushing leaders in the NFL last year and looked at their fumble rate over their career. I will not lie. Gibson's high. He's the third highest out of this. James Robinson and Devin Singletary are higher, right? James Robinson, in my opinion, is a lot better running back so far than Singletary. But my point is he's only had 500 rushes and receptions in his career. Very small sample size, right? Like, Rashad Penny, if we're looking at um, fumble rate, is the third best in the, out of those 25. Why? Because he's had 303 touches. You know, these small sample sides, right? Elijah Mitchell, 0%, one season. Najee Harris, the other one, you know, the one, two, and three there, 0% because he's, a, you know, that some of the other people in his tier or close by is – Ezekiel Elliott, who's, you know, uh, 1.4% is Gibson's percentage. 1.13 is Elliott's. 1.25 is Dalvin Cook. 1.23, Eckler. 1.2, Melvin Gordon, right? They're slightly lower, but these are really, really good running backs that are close. Like, yeah, he fumbles. He fumbles a little bit too much. We'd love, you know, him to be James White, who... He, you know, you want to press the stat about James White? Hasn't fumbled in his career. Three-time Super Bowl winner. Should have been a uh, Super Bowl MVP once. Never fumbled in his career. Uh, obviously, we don't want him to fumble as much, but I think this whole thing about the fumbles is a little overblown, as is almost everything to do with Antonio Gibson right now. Yeah, I don't have much, I don't have anything else about Antonio Gibson. Um, so why don't you start us off with Josh Jacobs? Kind of tell us where you're at. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping you would because I don't know where I'm at with Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, similar to Gibson, has been really good so far. But you're bringing McDaniels, who I'm certainly not saying yes. That makes me know they're going to be a bell cow running back. A lot of people say he's an RB, you know, back uh, running back by committee coach. Well, he's been in New England. Guess what? Bill Belichick makes the decision in New England. They're co- the coordinators in New England do what he says. Like, Maybe McDaniels was uh, the exception to that, but I'm not banking on that. Um, but Samir White solid, Kenny Drake solid. He didn't pick up the fifth year option. That rate me. That is the issue for me. They didn't pick up the fifth year option. But does that really make sense to pick up a fifth year option for a non like crazy superstar running back? Because the fifth year option is a lot of money, and all these running backs, for the most part, they've been getting a lot of money. Haven't been, you know proving those contracts being worth it. So I don't, I don't think Josh Jacobs gets paid. So I'm actually, I think all this, this camp stuff is meaningful with Josh Jacobs, right? Um, for me, Josh Jacobs is, you're looking at his last year of being a guaranteed low RB2. Um, and then next year, you're looking at like, okay, well, where does he go? Where does he fit? You know, what does the coordinator look like? What like what is the what does the running game look like? And that's a bunch of unknowns that I'm not really interested in finding out. So if I have Jacob still, I'm trying to sell him 
uh, or at least I'm trying to sell him as soon as he has a big game. Um, I I would say like they're gonna. I I would argue that they might try to run him into the ground a little bit this year, um, but they also could go with the committee, right? I not, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, with um, you know the, the coach, uh, you know I I think with with that though, you're whenever he was in Denver, I'm pretty sure he did a running back by committee there too. Um, so you know I I think. I think this Josh Jacobs stuff, I, I want to sell. Like if I have Josh Jacobs, which I don't really anywhere anymore, but if I have him, I'm trying to sell him because I think you can get a lot of value there. And I, I know there's a lot of passionate Jacobs supporters out there, but you know, you don't want to be on the train when it falls off in this case. And you already got solid production out of Josh Jacobs for a few years, but I don't think there's much left like in terms of, um, like increased value, right? So I think you've already seen the peak value. Yeah, this is my question is, what are you selling Josh Jacobs for? What are you buying Josh Jacobs for? A I mean, first, if I can sell him for a first. Easy day, right? Yeah. Yeah, but who's buying them? You know, who's buying Josh Jacobs for a first? I don't think it's happening. Like, yeah, I th- are you doing him for one 2023 second? No, I'm keeping for no. the year because I, I would see exactly. I would see if he has a has a good start to the year and then try to sell him after that. Yeah, if if you can get a first from yeah, sell of course. But that's where I'm at. Like he's in like the fantasy dead zone where no one's going to pay what it's worth to sell Jacobs for the most part in probably 80, 90 percent of leagues, and. No one, you know, like he's in that bad spot. Like you're not going to sell for what people are willing to pay. So if you have Jacobs, most likely you're just holding and hoping for something. Um, I think, right. Say he has a bad year. Don't just sell him for nothing. Josh Jacobs could very easily have a James Connor like uh, resurgence. He could go to another team that needs a, you know, a bell cow or at least a lead back in the committee and it could be good. He's a talented player. He's a young player, um, but his days as an RB one, I think, are toast. Yeah, I don't. I don't have him as a as somebody that I am terribly interested in. But yeah, definitely not um, a target for me. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else for running backs? You want to jump into wide receivers? No, let's keep it moving. All right. So, uh, last four people here I want to talk about is uh, Michael Thomas. Um, Rashad Bateman, DJ Chark, and George Pickens. So I want to jump into Michael Thomas first because <laughs> I have been dying to talk about Michael Thomas. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I believe Michael Thomas is going to be a wide receiver one this year, or at least a high wide receiver two. Um, I have, I am completely think all the hype this season is, is meaningful. <laughs> Because uh, the only concern this entire time has been the injury, right? And so seeing him come back on the practice field and seeing that explosion come back, like I'm, all, I'm all in again. I'm all in. Um, and it's not necessarily because I, I don't think he's going to get you know the huge amount of targets that he got, um, his the year he broke the record. But I, I don't see him getting less than you know what he was getting to make him a top ten wide receiver before the record breaking season. I see him, you know, getting about um, probably about a 10, 12, 15 targets a game. I would say 10 is probably my, my floor um, because 
I would say that him, Chris Olave, and I, I think Jarvis Landry is the dead duck here. I, I think Jarvis Landry is going to be the guy that like is completely ignored because of Michael Thomas in terms of, uh, you know, fantasy production. And um, so I'm all in on acquiring Michael Thomas, his value, right? Like I just got him in the eighth round of a draft, right? Like if you are still getting him in like, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth round, like smash it because you're getting extreme value. The, the injury is not necessarily a concern anymore. I don't, it was never a long-term injury concern. I don't think once he at least got like the actual correct diagnosis, um, because it seems like it sounded like from me, from what I had heard, that basically, you know, he got misdiagnosed with the injury initially, and that there was torn ligaments that was never corrected the first year. Um, so, I, I think it's all, all, all. I think it's it's a big opportunity to get Michael Thomas. Um, unfortunately, though, the people who are in Dynasty and they already have Michael Thomas, none of them are selling. I've. <laughs> I've tried to acquire Michael Thomas for the last year and a half in Dynasty, and nobody's selling because you know they're they're all they're all, they're all holding for that record breaking season, right? So, yeah, I mean, you missed your window. Like, if you want to pay for Michael Thomas, you're paying for a wide receiver one. Like, that's the price. Of, you know, you're paying for a Keenan Allen. You're paying for a Mike Evans. Like, that's the price at this point. You know, a month ago, you could have gotten a better value. Five months ago, could have got a lot better value. Um, I still think it's worth getting Michael Thomas. Like, if I'm a contender and I can go and add Michael Thomas as my two, you know, and make a uh, a Devonta Smith or Rashard Bateman uh, my wide receiver three, you know, by acquiring Michael Thomas, I'll give away that first, you know, if that's going to give me a good chance to win a title. Because, you know, the late first for one, two, you know, top 15 seasons from Thomas. I think that's, you know, worth it. Um, but you're right. It's all about injury. That's been the issue, not talent. He's a phenomenal talent. Um, my understanding is that he had the initial surgery after it was delayed, and then he re-injured himself, and he actually had a second surgery for a different injury. Um, so it wasn't one thing. You know, it was a misdiagnosis. It was actually two injuries. I'm not positive, but, um, you know, it wasn't – just one like ankle injury that was forever. Right. Um, but I'm going to challenge you a little bit on the math for your targets. Right. So uh, he had 186, his breaker breaking season, he's 185. Now that wasn't in 16 games, uh, but 10 a game, you know, in a 17 game season, that'd be 170. So he's definitely not having 15 a game. Yeah, uh, that was. Definitely, I mean, if he has 15 <laughs> a game, he's going to be the wide receiver one. You know, it's that simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> you would shatter the target record. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'm I'm thinking it was realistic. It's like not realistic. What I'm hoping for is eight to nine. That gets him in his two seasons prior to the record breaking. He had 149, 147 targets. That's what I'm looking for. 140, 150. He has 140, 150. He can be a top 12 wide receiver. He's not going to, you know crush it in the yards per catch most likely you know he's more the shorter intermediate route receiver at least so far in his career but drew Brees to uh to james winston winston we know likes to air it out um are you worried about that at all that maybe he's not really the first target for james winston's piece for he's his been career the first target, he's been the first target for him and the in the training camp before jason davis Winston got hurt it was michael thomas just getting all the catches that was uh, the report from, you know, Nick Underhill and um, the, 
you know, people. It's funny people say that all the time. They're like, oh well, you know, he had my, he had Drew Brees thrown it to him. He had Drew Brees thrown it to him. Drew Brees was like seventy percent of Drew Brees the last two years, if that, if that. Right, like he couldn't throw the ball past 20, 25 yards, and he definitely couldn't put any zip on the ball. So yeah, no hate, no hate to Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, dude. Yeah. But just like Big Ben, similar, you know, by the end, was a shell of themselves. Yeah. So you know, I th- I think people overblow that, and I'm not saying that Jameis Winston's going to be like an elite quarterback with Michael Thomas, but he was decent to good with Marquez Callaway, who might not even make the team this year as his wide receiver one last year. Um, the reason the Saints started losing a bunch of games was because Jameis Winston got hurt, not the other way around. Well, it was a lot more than just Jameis. It was, yeah. <laughs> Kamara got hurt. Uh, Armstead got hurt. Yeah, you know the rest more than me, but they were, you know, yeah, they're, they're entire one of the most here. injured teams in the NFL last year. Uh, yeah. But I love what they've done with their weapons. One, the news is that Kamara is likely – or excuse me, unlikely to be suspended in 2022. Just want to put it to you because remember we talked about that. Yeah. But anyways, um, furthermore, Jarvis Landry, really good, great team teammate. He's a great teammate, but he's a great compliment to, to Thomas. And then you add in Chris Olave, who I think he's going to be the deep threat. I think he's going to be going downfield. He's got the speed. He's got solid size, not huge, but, um, yeah, and you're forgetting about Deontay Harris too, right? So Chris I'm Olave not, and Deontay I Harris. Wait, and he's one of my yeah. favorite late best ball uh, uh, selections because he's going to have those games where he catches the 70 yard touchdown. He's, you know, he might go two for, you know, 81 with a touchdown, but guess what? Boom. He's, you know, the 28th pick in my, you know, in the, in the startup all of a sudden is in my roster. Right. Yeah. But I know he was having a contract dispute. Uh, did they solve that? They they did. He's he's back. Uh, he's reported sure he's okay, good because yeah, I love him sure as a fourth wide receiver. I think him and Olave just <laughs> flying down the field and having yeah. Jarvis and Michael, you know, underneath. I think that's a great comment. Plus Troutman, I actually like Troutman a fair amount. You know, those three underneath with Kamara, who personally I think he's even better as a receiving weapon than uh, Christian McCaffrey. You just heard it here. You just heard it here. I really do. I think he is. I mean, with the thing with Kamara has always been that he doesn't get the volume that that Christian McCaffrey always got. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, but yeah, so I don't have anything else about Michael Thomas. You know, I just want to start, wanted to make sure that I, I put out there by Michael Thomas. By Michael. But no, Thomas. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm loving Michael Thomas. You know, the couple leagues I had him and held him, I'm happy I did. You know, I didn't jump ship. And you know, every every draft that I've done this off season, I've been trying to get him just because the potential was there, and he finally looks like he's healthy. Yeah, so for me, the next one to talk about, I think, is uh, Rashad Bateman. So I actually kind of lump in all the the Ravens wide receivers in this group. Um, So for me, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, Rashad Bateman, like, I've heard a lot of me get a lot of hate recently. And um, I don't really get it. I don't really get it. Um, There is a reason that the Ravens decided to trade Marquise Brown. Right, Hollywood Brown. Why would I not believe that Rashad Bateman's going to take over the role that Mark that Hollywood Brown had? Um, one, I think he's going to get, I think he's going to get at least 130 targets, 120 targets. And from all the reports from training camp, is that Lamar looks the best that he's ever had, best as he ever has looked 
throwing the ball. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be, it's a contract year for, for Lamar. So I think he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I think he's going to be trying to prove that he's a pocket passer or is capable of being a pocket passer. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, it's kind of gross how often we've um, we've actually agreed here. Um, hopefully, we'll disagree on you know DJ Shark, uh, but I love Bateman. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not like a super highly ranked, but that's just because of where the state of wide receivers are. Um, I got a question. I want to you know throw some names at you and play a little quick name game. Uh, Rashard Bateman or Devonta Smith. Oh Lord, I'd still go to Wante Smith just because I yeah. like the talent a lot. But I'm the same, but they're very close. Uh, Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore? Rashad Bateman. Okay, I'm going to lean Elijah Moore. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Same. Uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, Drake London. Drake London. I yeah, the only one I differed with you with Elijah Moore I had all of them just above Bateman, but they're they're all in that same range, right? Um, how about let me try one that I'm actually lower. I, I'm lower. All right, how about this one? Chris Olave. You're a lot higher than Olave than I am. Do you have one Olave or Bateman? This year I want Bateman. Uh let's say Dynasty. We're doing a startup. So Dynasty, uh, I so I actually I put this on Twitter and I want to I want to kind of this kind of goes into your your topic here, but I I have this thought because I think this is what's going to happen with Olave. I think people are drafting Olave higher this year than they would be next year. So I would go Bateman because I think his value goes up, whereas Olave's goes down. Right? Not I. I think Olave is going to be the better player and the better pro, but I think I can sell Bateman next year for Olave plus. I mean, yeah, that that's how you have to play Dynasty. That's that next level of Dynasty where even if you prefer one player, you're taking this one because you believe the value will go there. Personally, I want Bateman in both situations, long-term and short-term. I, I believe Bateman's the better player just as a prospect. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I, it's tough, right? Because... Lamar, right? Lamar is not the passing weapon, you know, pass first option. Well, he is pass first. He's not going to run the ball first, but he runs the ball a lot more than a Jameis Winston does. And I actually think Winston's the, you know, medium to long-term answer in New Orleans. Um, But Michael Thomas, clearly number one. Mark Andrews, in my opinion, clearly number one. Uh, But then you get Kamara in there. So Kamara, to me, is the number two, probably, in terms of targets. Um, and Jarvis Landry is a lot better than, you know, James Prichet or Devin DuVernay, whoever the hell you want to put in there. Um, so I got Bateman, you know, but uh, I just, just want to do a quick little name game because all those wide receivers we just talked about, they're all drafted within, you know, like a block of seven to ten, you know, uh, wide receivers in your startup. So, you know, it was a good little exercise, I think. I do think one person that, that I'd like to mention from the Ravens group, and you, you mentioned him a little bit, was Devin Duvernay. I think he's a solid little late-round flyer in Dynasty. Uh, you know, you can stash him on the end of your bench, and he could be the number two wide receiver there and maybe gets, you know, uh, you know, produces a, a high wide receiver three season, maybe a low wide receiver three season, and even, maybe even higher. You know, you never know. Um, I think he's a decent stash uh, there, but 
Uh, moving on from the Ravens to the Lions. So I think DJ Shark is the forgotten man in Detroit. Um, I think people are stuck on us and Amon Ross St. Brown, and people are forgetting DJ Shark, other than his rookie year and then this past year when he was hurt, he's actually been very good. Like he is not like not may not very good, but he's been good. Um I don't think that he's like gonna just disappear in 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 Detroit, right? I think he's gonna challenge Amon Ross St. Brown for targets. And I think that's a, a knock for for uh Amon Ra. But I'll say this, you can get DJ Shark for free. Like I, he's like a 15th round pick, you know. Um I take the shot on him and he could get you a wide receiver two season if everything falls perfectly for him and he's back from the injury, he w- could produce you a wide receiver two season. The issue is that, D- that Jared Goff is not the type of quarterback that makes DJ Shark good. Um, DJ Shark is more of a deep threat to intermediate threat receiver. He's basically the same thing as kind of Chris Olave in terms of like the way they play the game. And that's not what Jared Goff does. That is not what Jared Goff does. Um, so that's the only reason I'm hesitant with DJ Shark, but I do think he could at least be a solid wide receiver three. Shark, I think Shark's a good value, right? Going probably too late. But my issue, so I'm thinking Amon Ra is more fighting Hawkinson for targets. And Shark is f- going to be fighting JMO for targets, right? I think that's why they brought in Shark because they wanted that deep threat. Because you're right, he he's got wheels, he's a big body receiver that can go down the field. I think that they needed that in their offense. But so then we're not even. What if what if Jameson doesn't play this year? Well, sure, sure, but right, Dynasty. Um, well, he's on a one year deal. I don't see their re- exactly. He's got the one year deal. That's my point. He's got the one year deal. I don't think he's re-signing in uh, Detroit. Could he have a solid year? Yes. But then, right, like how many – I don't know. The contract means a lot to me. You know, it's there's so much stability there. Now, if I'm going to buy with the intention of like selling, uh, you know, right after the season or maybe at the trade land line or something, sure, sure. But um, I guess I'm not factoring in long. But know, what are you – yeah, what, what's the market value right now for TJ Sharp? Because you could probably I, get him for super cheap, right? So I, I don't think a third's doing it. I would think you'd need to – do a third and, you know, like, uh, you know, a younger player that, you know, has potential. I, a second would definitely do it. Right. Um, I don't think many, I, I think I would probably try for a third. I don't I think, think so. I certainly, I mean, if that's the case, I'm going to start floating out thirds to everyone because I'm definitely not giving up sharp for third. I would give yeah. him up for a second, but I mean, I guess I'm kind of going off of the draft value, right? Like his startup value right now is so low. Yeah. But like, why would I expect anything less above a third round pick for him if I'm like trying to sell? Well, you know, I think I know what I'm doing once I get off of this uh, podcast because I honestly didn't realize the value was that low. So, yeah, I love to buy then. Yeah, I mean, because in a redraft, I just got him for a the 15th pick, 15th round pick, right? So, you know, people are valuing him right around like, that'd be what, probably right around like, uh, wide receiver 70-ish, I'd guess, off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so moving on to George Pickens. I, I think this is meaningful. I think George Pickens, the reason that people were, were that we actually, because we, we had talked about it whenever we did our wide receiver rookie rankings, uh, the big thing that we had questions about George Pickens were was not the talent, it was the injury. 
I wanted to know if he was back from the from the um, from the ACL, and it looks like he's back. And so, you know what that means? That means I'm all in on George Pickens. Um, now, am I trying to draft him? You know, first round, first overall in rookie drafts? No, but I would absolutely put him in the you know like one point zero six, one point zero seven. Well, yeah, I mean, so George Pickens, what he's doing, I'm not surprised. Um, my pre-NFL wide receiver rankings were Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, and George Pickens. I had him at five. Uh, that was probably higher than consensus. Almost guarantee it. Um, after the landing spot, I bump him up to my eighth overall player post-NFL draft. He still was wide receiver five for me, but the question is, am I too, is he still my wide receiver five? I think I have to move him over JMO. Like, we've seen Pickens come back from the injury. So he's got to go over JMO. The question, excuse me, for me is do they go over Traylon Burks? And that one's hard for me. But I tend to think yes. I think I wouldn't put him a little wide receiver three. I would, you know, in this rookie class. I'd put him at four. Who you got? Burks or, or Williams over him? So I, Burks. Burks. Yeah, I mean, Burks could be so special, but so could Pickens. I mean, this dude is big, fast, athletic, and has great hands. I mean, call me crazy, but I I, I really do. I think I got to bump him up to wide receiver three. He's and And the Pittsburgh thing, the Pittsburgh thing is real. Just look at what they've done with second and third round wide receivers for the last, what, 20 years? Like, that was a big bump for me because, right, it wasn't just injury. George Pickens had some off-the-field issues down in Georgia, you know, getting into fights, whether it was against another team, maybe his teammate. He was kind of a knucklehead. But Mike Tomlin, I am very confident, can manage that, you know, probably better than Honestly, I don't know if there's anyone in the league I trust to handle a situation like that better. Um, so now, no, I'm not going to go, oh, George Pickens, wide receiver one. You know, there's some people being silly, you know, kind of like Gabe Davis was happening, you know, in the playoffs last year. But I guess what I'm thinking is because a lot of people were not drafting George Pickens that high. A lot of people, you know, his ADP was probably mid-second, late-second. So I got a lot of shares of him, you know, with, you know, 202. 204, 201, you know, in my leagues. I have a lot of shares, and a lot of people are hitting me up saying, hey, what do you want for Pickens? What do you want for Pickens? I'm sitting here just thinking like, well, you know, this is X, you know, the little evil genius face. But what is the price? Like, what do I need to get to give him up? Because I got to say, unless I'm I have not, a – I'm not giving him up. Not unless it's like a, a almost guarantee to be a high first next year, uh, one first isn't doing it. Yeah, it's got to be two firsts. Yeah, like two or, late first, or, or like it's got to be guaranteed one point zero one. Like, but you can't guarantee one point zero one because it's literally the beginning of the season, right? So, like, wow. So even if you know you had a team that you could guarantee, you know, was he, he could be the wide receiver two or three in dynasty, you know, five years from now, you never know, right? So, yeah. like, I think he has the talent to be a you know a potentially a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase like level talent. I agree. Um, he, and, yeah. And so why sell that for one first round pick? 
Even though you hate Kenny Pickett, though? Yes. Okay. I, I don't like Kirk Cousins. Well, I don't know what to say that because Kirk Cousins has been a very solid fantasy, you know, wide receiver. Yeah, he's, he's, no, he's not bad. What I, I meant by that more was, you know, I don't, him or Kenny Pickett are going to be a top five, a top three. No, but they could be a Derek Carr. They could no. be a, a Kirk Cousins. So you you think I hate Kenny Pickett? I what I say with Kenny Pickett is I think he's not a first round quarterback. Like, like like I think he's average a average quarterback, right? Like he is well, sure, but every quarterback gets pushed up. Even Kyler, right? Kyler went over Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa obviously was the better talent, the better player, right? Yeah, but, but, but what I'm saying is you that know they always I don't, get pushed up. What I'm saying is that I don't believe that he's going to be somebody that goes puts Steelers the Steelers over the top. I think he's going to rely on a, a ton of talent around him. That's all I'm saying about Kenny Pickett. I've never said that sure. I don't like him. I, I just think he is a bang average quarterback, which is fine yeah. for George Pickens. Oh, yeah. It could definitely provide, you know, DJ, uh, sorry, Deontay Johnson and um, George Pickett. That's a real question here. What's going on with Chase Claypool? I think he's, you know, some people are, are saying this hurts Deontay Johnson. I don't think at all, right? He's fighting, what is it, the hip flexor? I don't know. He, he's been nursing something. I believe it's a hip flexor for most of camp. Um, I'm not worried about about Johnson. I'm worried about Claypool. I think, which was kind of like in a way fucked up. You realize that they had Chase Claypool announce George Pickens' pick for the NFL draft, like the guy that's gonna take his job. <laughs> I, I kind of think that was a little messed up. Um, but I think it's gonna be Deontay Johnson, um, Claypool, and Pat Firemuth. You know, as they're like three primary receiving weapons for the next three years or so, you know, can never think too long term with Pittsburgh because they just kind of cycle their receivers in and out usually. Yeah, I, I think he could could be the replacement as a wide receiver one overall in, in Pittsburgh long term. That's he's nice. that's just yeah. I, I'm a I I had him at wide receiver five, not because of talent, because I was worried about an injury and because he had, you know, a couple of off the field concerns. Now, he's up to wide receiver three. And, I mean, I love Drake London, and I love Garrett Wilson. So, to be right there, I mean, that's saying a lot for me. But how about this? George Pickens or Rashad Bateman? How about that? George Pickens and over Rashad Bateman? Yeah, I'm which one you want? George Pickens. George Pickens is 100 out of 100. Wow, really? Wow, wow. Just because of the upsides, you know, higher? Upsides significantly higher. Fair enough, fair enough. Wow, Okay. The, he was he was a legitimate there, yeah. like people forget like he was a legitimate like top fifteen talent before the injury. Oh yeah, all of that. Like he was elite. His what uh, freshman and sophomore at the beginning of his sophomore season. Well, like, you know, so like if he's back from his injury, like, you know, I want all of the shares. Like, I love it. I love it. All aboard the George Pickens train. Robert is. I love it. Yeah. Um, other than George Pickens, though, uh, and our clear love for George Pickens, do you guys have anything else? Do you have anything else for us you want to talk about? No, I think that's wrapping us up. Yeah. I mean, this is an opposite ep- episode. I'm so happy that we did this live. Um, please like us, subscribe, smash that button, please. Um, interact with us on Twitter. You can see just below our Twitter handles. Uh, we'd love to hear more from you. What are we screwing up? What are we doing right? What do you want to hear from us? You know, uh, this is the fun part of the season where, you know, we can really 
get creative and, and do whatever we want. Um, thank you, Robert. This was a blast. Uh, had a really good time. Uh, hopefully uh, y'all didn't have to hear too much nonsense in the background. I apologize if there was. Um, please, you know, don't look too closely at my disgusting background here. Um, but yeah, what a great time. I'm are you excited. Yeah. I am so freaking excited. Football is almost here. We can, you know, get past training camp news and this stupid beat reporter like blow ups of Twitter and we can just watch real football. I'm so pumped. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, college football season coming up here soon, too. We got uh, two weeks until college football season. And uh, can't wait. I am. Can I can't wait. Yeah, right. I'm not so, gonna lie. I'm more yeah. excited about college than the NFL. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like um, NFL is great and all, but college has something special about. It. And pretty soon, I don't know. It's not gonna be long, but it's not gonna be called college for long. You know, what I mean, the whole NIL, pay for play. Eventually, it'll be something else. But whatever it is, whatever it's going to become, I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. We thank everybody for listening, and uh, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter and uh, let us know what you think. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. <laughs>